Children on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There is a battle raging against the souls of our nation's children. I hope this ministry prepares you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10-11 I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area, Columbia, Mount Pleasant, Home Wall, and you have storage needs, you can reach Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com. That's safestoragetn.com, and they will take care of all your storage needs. If you would like to sponsor Free Your Children, you can reach me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com and I will be happy to send you a sponsorship package. If you are interested in donating to Free Your Children to support the many things that we do here to promote biblical education and to educate and equip parents, there is a donate button over on my website, which is freeyourchildren.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, email, the Borough Pulse, that's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E dot com, where I'm a monthly contributor. If you type in my name, Tiffany Boyd, and then the Borough Pulse, you can read all the articles that I have penned to date about education. And then, of course, my website, which again is freeyourchildren.com. You can hop over and check that out. I have been working on a series that focuses on single moms that are homeschooling, and they're doing a phenomenal job. Our guest tonight is one of those moms. Her name is Tabitha Hanner. Tabitha is a single working mom homeschooling an only child. Her son is 14 and has finished up the ninth grade. He's a talented artist, pianist, car enthusiast, first degree black belt, and about to start his third year on the archery team. He has always been homeschooled and Tabitha has always worked in some capacity while homeschooling. She's been a single mom since December of 2021, and in 2021, she was forced with having to take part-time employment outside the home. However, continuing to homeschool during these life changes was still the number one priority to her. In 2009, Tabitha started a savings, coupons, and deals blog, and it was a source of income and her main work-from-home job from 2015 to 2021. She also has a homeschool blog, lifelearninghomeschool.com, and she's writing a book about homeschooling an only child that she hopes to have done by the end of the year. Welcome, Tabitha. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you with us. Tell us, Tabitha, why did you decide to homeschool your son? So the decision to homeschool story is it's kind of funny. And looking back on it, I mean, it was 100% a God thing. I remember I was sitting at home with my like three or four day old baby looking at him going, oh my gosh, I can't send him to public school. Like it was just this overwhelming sensation. I didn't know any homeschoolers. I, I wasn't even sure if it was legal, you know, and a a lot of people even, you know, now this was in 2008, but even now, like some people aren't even sure if it's legal, you know, I I didn't know anything. So I was like, so I've got like four or five years to figure this out. And so I just, you know, I don't think there's ever been 
a moment in my life where I felt such like an overwhelming push from God. But in that moment, you know, looking at my tiny baby and it just hit me, I can never send him to public school. Like that's not a thing that we're going to do. Right. Um, So, so yeah, that's, that's when the decision came about. Um, Mm -hmm. The figuring it out was also a God thing. When my son was born, I taught preschool at a, um, at a church facility, you know, church early learning facility. Um, And so, you know, he went to daycare there the whole, you know, his whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, he was wrapping up his 4k year and I was the 4k teacher. So I got to be his teacher. And that was just, you know, just Mm -hmm. filled me with such joy. And that year was coming to a close. And my boss asked me, she was like, so, you know, um, what are you going to do about school next year for Gavin? And, you know, I said, well, you know, we're zoned for such and such school in our community. So, you know, I guess, I guess that's where he's going. And she's like, oh, well, I always assumed you would homeschool. And I was like, well, funny, you should mention that. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you know, I, I, I want to, it's been on my heart, but you know, we were, we were still dependent on my part-time income. I just worked there Mm part-time at that point. I think I was full-time when he was born. Um, and then when he was about two and a half, I just went to part-time there Mm -hmm. because I had already established my blog and I was doing some, some other like online VA, you know, virtual assistant work and stuff. So we, Uh you know, uh, so I had gone part-time. Well, she was like, well, it's no problem if you continue to bring him. So our first year of homeschooling, he went to school with me or, you know, work with me four mornings a week for four hours. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we homeschooled in the afternoons or, you know, on our off day at, at that age, you know, homeschool is, you know, 60, 90 minutes a day. Right. You know. mm-hmm. Um so, so we did that for that year. And then after that year was when I, I quit working at the preschool um, mm-hmm. and then worked from home up until 2021. Yes. So it's yes. definitely been a God process the whole way. So that's Absolutely. why it, when, <laughs> when, I, when I was going through my divorce, I was like, okay, God, you and I had a deal. Like we had an agreement. You told me this was what we were going to do. So I'm going to trust you to continue to provide that avenue, you know, even with these life changes. Right. Yes. <laughs> Just describe your homeschool journey as a single working mom, because this is one thing that you hear, you know, over and over again in the work that I do with Free Your Children. And then we are, this is our 20th year of homeschooling now, our family. And I meet people all the time that still have very preconceived notions of homeschooling. And one of the things that I hear over and over again in, you know, in different facets from different people is that, well, homeschooling is, is good and everything, but there are a lot of people that can't homeschool, specifically single moms. Well, I'm here to say that it's possible. <laughs> That's right. Um, and it's not without its challenges. And, you know, when people say, well, some people just can't homeschool, I say, mm-hmm. okay. I I can agree to that, but more people could homeschool than actually do. 
Uh-huh. If you if you if you get down to it and you're honest with yourself and you start thinking outside the box and you start looking at things differently and you reframe your thinking, more people could do this. Uh, does it mean that you drive an older car and you take less vacations? Sure, it might mean that because it might mean you have to take some income loss. Um, does it mean you might have to work an unconventional job? Sure, you might have to do that. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I firmly believe that more people could um, than actually do. And I Absolutely. also, believe, yeah, I also believe that there is more and I'll, I'll try, I try not to get on too much of a soapbox here, but I, no, go I, feel, right ahead. I feel like there's more that churches, the church yeah. community, the Christian community could do to support homeschooling, yeah. but it. But but schooling is like one of those sacred cows. Everybody's afraid to touch it from the pulpit. Yes, I'm uh, glad you brought that up. I talk about this constantly on this radio show. So if you go back on Spotify or on the WXRQ website and, and go back and listen to the previously aired shows, you will hear this is a common theme. I penned an article over a year ago titled The Elephant in the Room about this very thing, about how churches, pastors specifically, will not touch this topic from the pulpit. I have sat in uh, meetings with pastors who you, you know, and then after they leave the meeting and we've discussed biblical education and why this should be um, one of their number one ministries within the church, then they go back and block us. They block me (laughs) because they don't want to continue the conversation. Yes, um, it is really, you're right. It is the sacred cow or the elephant in the room Pastors do not want to address this topic because they're afraid of offense and they're afraid those that are sending their their children to public schools or those that work in the public school system are going to get up and leave and take their money with them. So we have Mm -hmm. to stop and ask ourselves as Christians, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a minute. So we have (laughs) to stop. We have to stop and ask ourselves as Christians, when we're looking at the church that we're attending, what is most important to them? Is it the, the business of the church or is it the souls of the children that are attending that church? Because we already know that the majority of our youth are falling away from the Christian faith. And it's because they're being sent into a system that teach Christianity is a lie on a regular basis. So I totally and wholeheartedly agree with you. If churches do not do their job, which is to equip the saints, the parents, and which is to support the biblical mandate of parents discipling and teaching their children, then number one, they're not they're not preaching the whole counsel of God. That's number one. And number two, Christianity is going to die. So this is definitely a topic that I full wholeheartedly fully agree with you on. Yes. And, you know, we're part of an an amazing co-op. We found a co-op our first year that we love. Um, And 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 in where I'm at, they're they're all over the place. So, you know, what state are you in, Tabitha? um, Alabama, just a little bit of the Birmingham area. Okay, so the the homeschooling community around here is huge. but, you know, our the, the co-ops that are here couldn't exist if churches didn't open their doors and let us rent their facilities. Exactly. Uh, there's a I think there's a couple co-ops that may be sort of church run, but ours mm-hmm. is not church run. We have like a, a board. And so then, you know, our fees go toward renting a church that will let us use their church. Right. And I just 
think about all of these church buildings that sit empty during the week. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. Even in our area where we have a dozen or co- co-ops or more, there's mm-hmm. still three or four times as many churches that sit empty all week. Yep. You know, that have that have gyms and have classrooms and have kitchens and all yes. these things. And we're we're eternally grateful. So we're on our third church building right now. We started out in this little tiny church years ago and then have expanded. Um, So the church we're in now has a gym. It has a huge space where the kids get to do archery. That's um, what my son does archery through is our co-op has a team that gets to compete. We we get to compete with the schools in the area. Archery is real big here in the schools. Mm -hmm. Um, He's gone to the state archery tournament and everything. So, you know, we're thankful for that. Um, The church has a kitchen and they have cooking classes. It's got a full nursery. So the little ones are taken care of and as you know, all these classrooms and they're, you know, they're very open to just, you know, they, they, they want us to be there. They want us homeschooling, you know, our kids. Right. So that's great that they're allowing you to utilize their facility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I think the original question was my journey as a single ho- working mom. That's yes. homeschool. <laughs> yes. How, yes. You, you, you hear over and over again, it can't be done, but you're doing it. So you're proving them wrong. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, so you just you just have to, like I said, think outside the box and it is going to be hard. Um, so when I first started working outside the home, I started by cleaning houses, mm-hmm. um, which is which is which is a good, you know, a good gig. If if you're in an area where, you know, you've got you've got clientele, you know, right. it's, it's harder to do if, you know, you live very rural unless you want to uh, drive a lot. And so, you know, my criteria when I was cleaning houses was I didn't want to be more than 10 minutes from my house. And so I, I built up a clientele within 10 minutes of my house. And so, you know, that way Gavin could stay home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even my biggest job, I was gone under four hours. Right. So at first, I only I scheduled, you know, one house a day. And so we would either school in the morning and then I would go clean a house in the afternoon or, you know, vice versa, depending on the client schedule, because he was only 12 when I started this. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to be, you know, I didn't want right. to drive 30 minutes and, you know, him be home alone. And so then from there, I got a part-time job at my church on the facility staff. Uh And my church was super supportive and helpful uh, to me during my divorce process. And them giving me that job was was a godsend because then I still cleaned some houses on the side because the job at the church was only part-time. But Gavin could go with me. The church had, you know, a gym and a game room and and everything. And so, you know, he was he was welcome there when I was working there. So, you know, all of that is unconventional, but you got to do what you got to do. You know, that's what I mean by, you know, thinking outside of the box. Now I work part time as um, a city clerk, but my office is eight minutes down the road so he's staying home for eight hour stretches of time but he's 14 now um and I'm just I'm eight minutes from home and I do have the option he is allowed to go with me and hang out in city hall um it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a small town the park is right behind the city hall so you know he can go and and ride his bike or play disc golf in the park um and then hang out in the community room or my office or whatever so you know, you just, like I said, it just, it, it, it doesn't look normal. 
and I'm doing normal in air quotes, but I'm not convinced that public school and the, you know, the nine to five working mom grind is, is normal either. Exactly. And he's at the age now. And because he's been homeschooled his entire life, I'm certain that he has learned how to be an independent learner. Yes. So, yeah. so when I, when I'm at work, you know, he's got his list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still uh, several things we do together. So that might mean math before dinner mm-hmm. or science on the weekends or our history and reading, you know, at night before we go to bed, you know, right. school, school doesn't have to be between eight and three. Right. Um, Yes, and I think you touched on on exactly the problem that most parents have to learn to think outside of the box and they have to forget everything that they thought about education because we've been conditioned, the majority of the general public has been conditioned to believe that education only takes place during certain days of the week at certain times within the walls of a classroom. And of course, if we look at the nation's report card, we can see that type of education has not been very successful. (laughs) Not working. (laughs) Right, exactly. No, it's not working. So tell us, how do you think homeschooling has benefited your son? You know, I, I really think it has allowed him to be who he was meant to be. When he was little, we dealt with with anxiety issues. He didn't like the unknown. He didn't like crowds. He didn't like chaos. You know, he was a very routine child. And society says, okay, you know, he's he's got some issues at four. You just send him to school and he'll get over it and they'll they'll take care of it. And I'm like, why would I traumatize my child like that? That's not the best way to help him, you know, grow through those those emotions, you know, like I don't like chaos and and crowds and things like that, but I'm an adult. I have the, you know, the coping mechanisms to cope with that at four. You don't, but you can grow, you know, and, and develop those, you know, those, I don't know, coping mechanisms or just, you know, the maturity to handle things like that without just being shoved into it and be like, Oh, you'll be okay. You know, I know you're crying in the classroom, but you'll be fine. You know, why, why would you do that if you didn't have to? So that, that was a big thing when he was little. And now, I mean, he's, he's the most outgoing, socially adjusted child you'll ever meet. I mean, he doesn't meet a stranger. He thrives on being with his friends and he may have turned out that way anyways, if I had sent him to public school, but at least this way we did it without trauma, if that makes any sense. Exactly. Absolutely. What are the unique challenges that you have seen homeschooling an only child? So, <laughs> so I'm homeschooling an extrovert. Um, right. So that's a challenge in itself, especially now, because when he was when he was younger and I was working from home and everything, you know, we went and did all the things. We, you know, we did all the 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 library events, and we, you know, went to this park with this group of friends, and we went and did this thing with this group of friends. But now that I'm working, we get to do that far less. So I find myself having to be intentional about scheduling him time with his friends and finding things to do. In fact, you know, when I'm done with this interview today, we're meeting some friends to go bowling this afternoon because because he gets tired of being home by himself. Right. And that would be an issue, you know, if there were more kids in the house. 
he would, you know, he would have that company. So, so yeah, raising an, an only child that is an extrovert and homeschooling, like I said, it, it, that, that's a challenge in and of itself, which is why we love our co-op so much. Cause he gets that during the school year, he gets that whole day, you know, to get to be out, you know, taking cooking classes or science classes and, and, and hanging out with the archery team and they get recess and, you know, some downtime and everything. So he just really thrives on, on being around his friends. And I know a lot of people will hear me say that and say, well, you should just send him to public school so he can get all that. But it, the environment's not the same. No, um, it's not. And I'm glad that we're having this discussion about homeschooling an only child, because I hear from a lot of parents that say, well, we would homeschool, but we only have one child and yeah. they have to have that socialization or they would just be home all day alone. Because again, that's one of the many misconceptions about homeschooling. There are tons of opportunities yes. for children, even only children to socialize. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and you get to be intentional about yes. the socialization. You know, the kids he's hanging out with, their their families are friends of ours, you know. Right. Right. I know. I know them well. I know their family's values. I know, you know, I know what's going on there. So um so yeah, yes. Right. And I and I think that most people don't really understand that the type of socialization that's happening in public schools is not the type of socialization that the parents think that it is. Yes. And we all had that fourth grade teacher that was to tell us to sit down and be quiet because we're not here right. to socialize. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And when I was a public school teacher, I vividly remember in one of the schools where I taught, there was a red light hanging up in the cafeteria. And while the children were eating their lunch, if the light would flash yellow, that was a warning that they were getting too loud. And then when it flashed red, they weren't allowed to talk throughout their lunch period. So mm -hmm. if they're being kept in for from recess as a punishment mm -hmm. and they're not allowed to, quote, socialize, if they can't talk at lunch and they're not allowed to socialize, they can't talk in the classroom because they're not allowed to socialize. And that's what parents don't realize. I think they don't really have a concept of what the institution of schooling really is. Yeah, so, indeed. Tell us, tell us about the book you're writing. Okay, so when we first started homeschooling, we didn't know any other only child families. Like, mm -hmm. we felt like an anomaly. Right. And even nine, ten years later, you know, it, if we still feel like an anomaly. Mm -hmm. I can count on one hand the number of families I know that homeschool that have just one child. Right. And I got to look in one day and I was like, no, you know, you have all these homeschooling books out there. Nobody has written a book about homeschooling an only child. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are some unique challenges. There are some unique things that make it even sweeter, in my opinion, if you have an only child to homeschool. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to write that book. <laughs> That's so, right. I am on chapter five of eight. Uh -huh. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, by the end of the year, I'll be done. You know, I've That's got, great. Um, yeah, I outlined it and it's going to be eight chapters and I'm almost done with chapter five of eight. So well, you'll have crossed. to keep us posted and let us know I, when you're finished yeah. and, and, and it, we'll have to bring you back on to talk about your book. Excellent. And if it goes well, I was thinking about writing a book about 
homeschooling through divorce and as a single mom. So we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see how how the first one works and see if the second one happens. But That's I, I had right. started, yeah, I had started the idea and the outline for this book before my divorce. So then, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Well, if I get this one done, maybe I can write a second one because all the life changes and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that they will bless many people that are walking through the same life changes that you are. One, One common question I hear over and over is about the financial aspect of homeschooling as a single parent. What advice do you have for single parents that are considering homeschooling but think that they cannot do it because of financial reasons? So even before I was a single parent, we weren't well off. I mean, we were, you know, we were working lower middle class. So, you know, there's never been a time in my life where I was just flush with money. Um, (laughs) So, you know, one thing that I personally do is I never buy anything new. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hit up the, the book sales in the area. I'm looking online, you know, used book sites and everything. I use the library for a lot. Um, we use a literature based curriculum. And so, you know, to buy the whole curriculum as is, depending on the level, you know, it's three or four hundred dollars. So I'll find somebody that's got a copy of the guide you know, that they'll sell me for $25. Um, and then I'll hit up the library for all the the books that go with it, you know, and if there's any the library don't have, I'll buy them for three or $4 off a used book site. Right. Um, so, you know, just, th- just things like that, you know, you don't have to go out and drop five, $600 on the all in one, you know, curriculum brand spanking new out of the box. There's there's right. ways to, to do it. We use Khan Academy for math. We've been using that since Gavin was in the third grade and it's free. It's Mm -hmm. a comprehensive advanced math program online and it's a hundred percent free. I'm like, and and this year he did algebra one this year and I actually did get a book because I thought we would try something different Mm -hmm. and we made it like two chapters into the book and I went, okay, we're going back to Khan Academy and I refused to even try anything else for math the rest of your high school career. Like this was an epic where we're going back to Khan Academy. So there's, there's all kinds of resources out there. You know, there's the easy peasy all in one high school. He did, he did Spanish two over that. And it's free, mm-hmm. you know, and it's high school credit worthy Spanish, too, that I don't know about the whole easy peasy, but I know the Spanish classes they have are the exact same course material that the Georgia virtual schools use. Right. So you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, that's <laughs> is that stuff enough? Is it a credit? Are they learning everything? I'm like, well, obviously, Georgia thinks their kids are learning it. So it can be a credit worthy class for him. Right. You're right. There are tons of resources. Ambleside Online is another free resource that homeschool families can utilize. And I say this often, homeschooling can be as expensive as you choose to make it. You know, I, I have known throughout the years, many homeschool families who have successfully homeschooled their children with little more than a library card. And their mm-hmm. children have gone on to college and they have been more than prepared and have done phenomenally well. So I think, 
you know, another common misconception is that homeschool parents are in some way privileged or that they are wealthy and that's what allows them to be able to homeschool. But statistically, homeschool parents actually are on the lower end of the income spectrum, you know, as opposed to the general public, because we make sacrifices as a whole Mm -hmm. to be able to to do what we do. And you spoke about driving an older car. Ours is over 20 years old. You know, you just have to decide what's important to you. You have to make sacrifices. I know that's an ugly word to a lot of people, but if if it's important enough to you, you will find a way. If it's not, you will find an excuse. I do Mm -hmm. realize that there may be some single parents and legally they are not allowed to homeschool if they've been through a divorce and the judge has, you know, told them that they cannot homeschool and and have to send their children to public schools. And I understand that. And that's when I believe that the church should be there, you know, to step in and and maybe help in some capacity these families to offer them an, you know, an alternative form of of education that that could feel what it is that they need without having to send them off their children off to a system that that teaches that their faith is a lie, but we really mm-hmm. have to do better as a nation in supporting families who have chosen to disciple and teach their own children. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree. I agree with you that it can be done. It is being done by thousands of homeschool single parents and and working families and dual working families. We have a very diverse community. And so one of the many goals of this series that that I've been working on is to shatter the misconceptions of homeschooling. So, Tara, before we jump off, what piece of advice would you give to some single parent out there that wants to homeschool but thinks they can't? Give it your best shot. You know, you. <laughs> I, I guess the one thing I always say is do it scared. I mean, it it's. It is scary to to buck the system and to go against the grain and everything, but do it scared. You know, when I first started homeschooling, I mean, Gavin was five and people were like, well, what about high school? And I'm like, he's five. Like, right. I just have to figure out five right now. Like, we'll figure out high school when we get there, you know, mm-hmm. and we did. Yep. You know, we, we finished ninth grade. We survived a year of high school, but I wasn't thinking about high school when he was five. Right. I was thinking about five. Um, so so yeah, so just narrow in on what you need to do first and what you need to do next. Don't think about down the road, just take it one step at a time. Great advice. And and I just recently penned an article for the Borough Pulse about this very thing. Homeschool, homeschooling is like eating an elephant. Just take one bite at a time. The Lord (laughs) will equip. (laughs) He always does. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. Uh, Be brave and be bold and put your faith in him. I want to take the time to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you're in the Middle Tennessee area, you can reach Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com. I want to leave you with this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 2 Corinthians 4.17 We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.